Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Thank you for joining us in our dining room today. We're so happy to be with you. Mary Alice, yesterday we talked about 2 Corinthians and I know you're immersed in it right now because on September the 14th, uh, on Wednesday evening, uh, you, you, you've got a book by book going right now. New you're looking at the books of the New Testament and your book this month is 2 Corinthians. So in book by book, our goal is just to read one book each month, one book of the Bible each month, and then we talk about that. We have some materials that we hand out, and it's been great. We started in January. It's hard to believe we're this far into the year, but our, our current book that we'll be introducing in September is Second Corinthians, and that's September the 14th, and if you're interested, you can go to newspring.org slash book by book and get more information or sign up. I think it's an enormous opportunity, but Mary Alice won't let me come because every time I tell her I want to come, she says I would make her nervous. Yes. <laughs> but what I do get to do is I get to listen to her. We talk a lot about the books that she's going to cover in book by book. And really, we really enjoy it. It's a great time of fellowship where we just kind of get immersed in one book, although we're reading through the Bible in the mornings. Uh, oftentimes we'll have discussions about the book that she's in. And well, I happen to be in Second Corinthians in the, yeah. <laughs> in the one year Bible. <laughs> That's what I was saying yesterday. I've got so many reasons to be in Second Corinthians mm -hmm. right now, but I love this book. Uh, it's, it, it's been um, a book that we've actually done some series out of uh, that have really been meaningful to me. Uh, I, I will say this, and I've, I know sometimes I get off into things that are really, you know, hypothetical anyway, but I've often thought if I could only preach one chapter out of the Bible for the rest of my life, what would it be? And I've often thought about Romans chapter 8, but I think 2 Corinthians chapter 5 might be a Mm. might be a close tie. So it's a great book. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can sign up, as Mary Alice pointed out. The link will be provided where you can sign up for... Right, and even if you don't come to book by book, grab your Bible and read Second Corinthians. It's really short. There's only 13 chapters. It's easy to read. Well, I want to just pull one of the situations of Paul's writing to the Corinthians, both in First Corinthians and Second Corinthians, because there's a verse today that I think could really speak a lot to our hearts. Mm. And what I mean by pulling the situation... Uh, the church at Corinth was a real messed up church. Uh, it was a church where the world had really infiltrated, and we've talked about that before. Uh, Corinth was at a crossroads, and a whole lot of different schools of thought came together in this city. It's much like the United States. And a lot of people in the church had kind of developed their own belief system that was kind of salad barred from different, different ones of these belief systems. So it was a really whack, messed up church. And so Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to do a lot of correction. And the people evidently in large part, not everybody in the church, but in large part, the people responded to that message. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul is sending an encouraging right. letter to them. And I think that's the reason why I love 2 Corinthians so much. But the reason why I go back into the situation of the church there, Paul is talking to them about the s sorrow that they felt when Paul confronted them with what they were doing wrong. And I do think we feel that sorrow when we know that we have done something wrong. We've done something that's sin against the Lord. We've done something to hurt others. There's a sorrow that we feel. Uh, but Mary Alice, what I want to read uh, here is Paul talks about two kinds of sorrow here over wrong. And, and I'll, uh, I'll pick it up where Paul talks about the sorrow that the people in Corinth felt because of their wrong behavior. And in verse 9, he says they weren't harmed by the sorrow that they felt. And in verse 10, here's our verse. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. 
So to me, I, I think this is just something really worth looking at because when we feel sad about doing wrong, we can go one of two directions. We can either go God's way, which is to say, okay, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for my sins. I'm going to put that under the blood of Christ and I'm going to turn or we can take our sorrow and turn it into guilt and leave God out of it. And that's a different kind of sorrow. And Paul says that kind of sorrow results in spiritual death. I think there's a pride there in that, in that kind of sorrow. I've done wrong, but I'm, I'm mad that I've been confronted with doing wrong. And now I'm just going to, I guess, just get angry at myself for doing wrong. To me, I, well, this is an old Bible that I'm reading from. I wrote the word or the name Judas. Mm. You know, because when you look at Peter, he had godly sorrow. I mean, he wept over what he did when he denied the Lord. But what, 50 days later, he's preaching to 3,000 people except Christ. Right. Judas goes out and hangs himself. Mm -hmm. So I know this is a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe complicated topic to thread this needle. But what do you hear in your own spirit when we talk about godly sorrow, which leads to change? There's no, Paul said, there's no regret in that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. No regret in that. In other words, we can leave what we've done behind and go on and do the right thing. Whereas he talks about uh, sorrow, worldly sorrow, which leads to spiritual death. Well, it makes me think of our experience over the years in ministry. Um, when someone has a, an egregious sin, a, a situation that's it's a big situation, um, the first thing that you know, it seems to tell us the indicates the heart situation of that person is did they get caught and now they're dealing with it or did they voluntarily uh, confess and have demonstrated a change of heart because um, th I think that's an indication because if I understand right repentance is a, not just a um, I'm sorry kind of thing it's a change you've changed your mind about what this is that's brought the uh, that's the sin in your life. That's a really interesting thought. I, I don't <laughs> counsel anymore, but back in the days when I did counsel, if if uh, if, a, if a mate came in, a husband or wife came in and told me that their partner had been found in adultery, uh, that was always the first question I would ask them. Mm -hmm. uh, did they voluntarily confess yes. it, or were they found out? Same thing if a woman came in and said, my husband uh, is in pornography. I want to know, did he come forward and confess it to you or did he get caught? And that doesn't mean if someone's caught, they can't repent. I'm just saying it does make an awful lot of difference. Right, because it goes back to what you're talking about, Paul, like Paul confronting the church at Corinth and what was going on there. Um, so that conf confrontation eventually led to repentance that did matter. But... Um, it had to be a change of heart on their part. Mm -hmm. and uh, Well, the thing that I've watched through the years is this kind of sorrow, this worldly sorrow that Paul talks about that leads to death. Typically, when a person is confronted in doing wrong, they become angry mm -hmm. at that point. They become defensive until it's proved, no doubt, that they've done wrong. And then they'll often get angry. Well, I'm just no good. You know, I'm just a loser. Well, you know, that's how I am and that kind of thing. And that's how I see Judas. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he felt sorrow that he had betrayed Christ and sold him for money, but instead of that causing him to come back to Christ like Peter did, mm -hmm. you know, 
as wicked as Judas was, I believe if he had come back to the cross and confessed that he had sold the Lord and asked for forgiveness, I think he'd have been there on Pentecost with the rest of the disciples. Well, and that's what this verse tells us. Yeah. It does lead to uh, a right relationship with God if we if we have a godly sorrow. Well, I think there's one more place to go with this, Mary Alice, and that is there are Christians that we know that are sensitive to very sensitive to God and sensitive to their own sin. Mm. And oftentimes something that happened 30, 40 years ago, mm, maybe yes. 20 years ago, is very bad. And they brought it to the Lord and they've confessed it and they've confessed it. And it's like every time they think about it, they go to the funeral again mm -hmm. for their own sin. And yet the word of God says here, for godly sorrow that results in repentance, there's no regret. Right. And it's not that we're somehow whitewashing what we've done wrong. It's that we can leave it at the cross. Don't you agree? Because you're accepting the sacrifice that Jesus paid. So he didn't make that sacrifice for us to live in continual guilt. He wanted us to have a, a joyful, rich, and full life. And the, the reason he suffered what he suffered was so that we could have the freedom of that forgiveness and the joy in our life. You study the Bible, and one thing you'll discover is that when... If people will bring their sin to God, he'll never bring it up to them again. Mm -hmm. You know, David did that awful sin, and it's spelled out for us there in 2 Corinthians chapter, excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 11. And yet, every time you read about David after that, mm -hmm. it says they're brought up again. Yeah, I mean, all the statements that we have in the New Testament about David are what a great person he is. That reminds me of that old song. You know, what sin are you talking about? Right. It's under the blood. It's just, you know. and, and it just goes to show, too, the toxic nature of our cancel culture today. Mm -hmm. It just so leaves out the grace of Christ. Oh, grace absolutely. Of God. Right. You know, and, and it's no wonder. We're, you know, we're living in a, in a world that is being shaped by the spirit of Antichrist. It's being, mm -hmm. it, there's a demonic... Oh, there's a demonic uh, administration of the world that's going to result in the tribulation, but we're not part of that. And it's like this new definition of righteousness is condemnation. Yeah. If you are constantly condemning someone or some group or whatever, that has become a new righteous stance to be. I do think that's part of this worldly sorrow mm -hmm. that Paul talks about here that leads to spiritual death. In other words, mm -hmm. it, it does not take a person to a healthy place. Right. Well, I know that's a little bit of a challenging text today for Noah's window, and, and I don't know how inspirational that is, but I still think it's really important for us to get this. And if nothing else, just celebrate the fact that as a daughter or son of our God, that you can put your sins under the blood. We are sorry for what we've done wrong, but we can leave it at the cross and go mm -hmm. home with no regret and, right. and live, live in forgiveness. Where else would you pray for us today? Yes, let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you so much for Jesus and what he's done for us. Thank you for the great sacrifice that has allowed us to bring our sin to you and to be covered by his blood and that we can be free from that guilt and that shame and that we can go forward in a new life. And I pray for each and every person who's watching or listening today, whatever they're grappling with, whatever their past holds, whatever they're uh, fighting with even today, I pray that you'd bring victory into their life and that you would bring comfort for those who have confessed and repented of their sin. And for those who are trying to... Um, trying to get right but maybe with the wrong attitude I just pray that you make that clear in their own heart and mind and we're just going to thank you for all that you're doing Father thank you for loving us so much thank you for the fact that you know each and every one that's watching and listening you know each and every family you know exactly what they're going to face today and we're going to trust you to lead us and guide us and to love us through this day and we promise to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and we ask this in Jesus name Amen, Amen.
Well, thank you for joining us today on Noah's Wind, and we'll be back with the Wednesday edition tomorrow. God bless. See you soon. <laughs>